theyeshiva.net. So yesterday we learned what forgiveness is, both in terms of God, and as a marshal for this, somewhat a reflection of it also in terms of humans. The process of mechila, what mechila is, why we ask mechila, and different types of mechila, forgiveness that people ask, depending on the situation of the person that they hurt. And the core idea was that the real essence of Slach Lano Lano is that I lost you and I should be able to find you again. I should be able to have you again. I should be able to experience myself the way you experience me. I should be able to experience my Ratzin from your Ratzin's perspective. That is the ultimate request, Lius. Shayashav Ritsainai Lias Ritsainai Shaira Aleinu. Shayashav Ritsainai Lias Shaira Aleinu. That his Ratsan should return back to dwell on us. What does this mean? It's abstract words, but really what it means is not something not so abstract. His Ratsan should come back to dwell on us. In other words, I should be able to experience my eye as a reflection of your eye. To be able to see my eye as a reflection of your eye is the relationship we call Dveikus, intimacy. And everything I did with the Eish Zara, with Katap, which catapulted me to the Kafakela, that slingshot that brought me to places in which I don't recognize my true eye, created a dissonance, a disalignment between my eye and my true eye. So Mechila is that the Yeratzin should be able to dwell on me once again. And now he continues. No, Ishapcha is a stage in development. This exists also in Iskafia. So he continues and he says, Vaimrim, one, two, three, four, four lines from the bottom, Chavav Amud Beis, page 51. Vaimrim, we say, Micha Moicha Avarachamim. Who is like you, a father of compassion, who remembers his creatures for life with compassion? What this means is the entire creation of all of the worlds, the higher worlds and the lower worlds, from beginning to end, is for Hashem one memory, one act of remembrance. Zoycher Yitzurov. It's one zechira, one glance. Yeah. Kamoishakasov bezoyar. Zezoyar says the machshava achas boris oylemus. The creation of all of the worlds was one thought, one thought that created all of the oylemus. Lefishahu yizbarich tzayfo mabedat tzayf kaladodes, because he gazes throughout history till the end of all the generations and the Pasuk says He declares the generations ahead of time Thus immediately when all of the worlds ascended in his thought to be created their creation in his presence became complete The one thought to create all of the worlds and what they should look like that constitutes the energy that creates them. That one machshava really creates all of the worlds. 
Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. And he says, God thinks, therefore I am. <laughs> one machshava, one machshava includes all of history and all of creation. One thought. One can appreciate practically the depth of the tzimtzum, of the restrictiveness that the light of infinity restricted itself in one thought, into one thought. One machshava of Ein Saif. And that's what the whole world is. One divine thought. The whole world and all of history is one divine thought. Now that's a pretty uh, <laughs> intense observation if you really get into it, if you really listen to what he's saying. You could just read it, okay, machshava, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you, if you contemplate this, if you meditate on it, it's a very uh, intense thought. So, how many thoughts do you have a day? <laughs> how many thoughts do you have a per minute? minute? Per minute, how many thoughts do people have? Right. So he says, one machshava, all of the world is one machshava. Which gives us an appreciation to what he says in the different my modern, we learned it also previously. Don't define godliness by the fact that it's the source of the worlds. Don't define Hashem by the fact that He's a creator. It would be like all I know about you is one thought of yours. And that's basically how I define you. I mean, imagine if you would define people by that. How many Meshugana thoughts do you have during the day? How many ridiculous thoughts? How many inconsequential thoughts? How many foolish thoughts? How many serious thoughts, 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 thoughts? We don't stop thinking. You can't stop thinking. Try to stop thinking. You'll be thinking about the fact that you're trying to stop thinking. But there's no such a thing as stopping to think. So the Zoyar says, one machshava is all the worlds. So now imagine you're defining God by that. <laughs> it's not that it's a mistake. It's, it's bechlal. A mistake means it's be'erech, you know. You're, say, you're saying a wrong pshat, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, some relationship here. It's not it's a mistake. It's, you know, you're in the wrong, um, in the wrong realm. It's not even in the same realm. It's one machshav. That's what we understood before in the beginning of the Maimer, the Zoyar. It's not the derech of the king to speak peasant-like words. Meaning words that completely don't reflect the author of these words. They come from him, but they don't capture him. What does a machshava capture? So when you define God based on creation... It's the most pathetic way of defining him. Not that it's not true. It, it, the Machshava came from him. And between you and I, it's a pretty impressive thought. <laughs> we have a telescope. It's a pretty impressive thought. With a telescope, with a certainly, with a microscope. And that's knowing how little we know with the microscope and the telescope. What we know about is some 28 or 30 billion light years, what we know about. And it's only the beginning of what we know about. And that's, we talk about everything, but you could talk about one cell and one atom. So this one machshava is no, machnes uh, nishtav, it takes a break, Kai, to say, you know, the whole thing, <laughs> just one thought. But it, expla- it explains to you how they thought about this, how they understood the world. On one hand, they took the world very, very seriously. It's God's world. On the other hand, they didn't take it seriously. They took it very seriously and they didn't take it seriously. Both. 
So he says, so you understand that Simpson, that Simpson that had to happen for this one machshava. It's all because he's over Rachman. Simpson has two interpretations. Sometimes you have the word Simpson in Medrash, you have a few times. Simpson Shinosai Bain Bade Ha'aran. He compressed. He compressed his Shina between the two poles of the Aran. The Lashna Medrash. Simpson Shinosai Bade Ha'aran. Here the word Simpson is how much has to be withdrawn and withheld in order for this machshava to emerge as a self-contained reality, which is really the source of all the worlds. So he says, this zoicher yitzurav, it's one schira, everything, all of history is one schira, one memory. Micha moicha of harachemen. What's the connection? It doesn't seem to be connected. Who is like you, the father of compassion, who remembers everything? So everyone touches it's for the end. Zoicher yitzurav l'chayim harachemen. That's the Avarachim. He says, no, it's on the Zoycher itself. It's only Mitzad, the Midas HaRachmonis. That that itself he creates. To constantly have compassion on the worlds and create them constantly by having this symptom of one Machshava, that's Micha Moicha Avarachimim, because it's really Zoycher, it's only one Schira. So therefore there has to constantly be the Avarachimim to perpetuate this act of creation and to be, maintain this symptom into one machshava, which is the source of all the worlds. What he means here, Rachmim, is the, the desire for a relationship. The desire for a relationship. This allows a person now to meditate and arouse great empathy for his own soul. When he realizes how far he descended, he fell. When he looks at his source, as the Mishnah says, Know from where you came. But he says you have to go much deeper. doesn't only mean from where you came. You come from a state of ayin. Not from where, from a state of ayin. Ayin versus yesh. Yesh is something, ayin is nothing. But sometimes nothing is more than something. And sometimes something is less than nothing. Because the ayin that we're talking here about is what we call ayin. What we call ayin is that which in our world doesn't exist. It's intangible. We have no definition for it, so we call it ayin. Divinity is called ayin. We could recognize the yesh, we can't recognize the ayin. So he says, da, you have to know me ayin basa. You're not rooted in the world of yesh. You're rooted in the world of Ayin. You have to know who you are. In other words, you're Shtikalakus, you're divine. So the descent of a person from his infinite light is huge. The Gemara says in Chagiga, from a top, Igrirama is a tall mountain, to a deep pit. So when a person appreciates who he is, the Dame Ayin Basa. 
this is the mechila that a person says, Mechalonu, that I want to again identify my eye with your eye. And you say, Micha Moicha Avarachim is also part of this contemplation. That what? That only because of your Rachamim, your desire to have a relationship with us, Zoicher, you create this one Machshava, which requires an infinite symptom of your infinity, in order to have all of creation and all of history. And this is constantly recreated. And where does the soul come from? The soul comes from this source, Dame Ayin Basa. Like he said in the beginning of the Maimer, Vayipach Ba'ap of Nishmas Chaim, the soul is God exhaling. In other words, it comes from his inner heaven, it was completely one with him. And now the person descended, and not only descended, but sometimes is completely lost and fell lowly. When you know Me Ayin Basa, you can appreciate where you are and where you have to be. A genuine contemplation of this will call, cause a deep hismarmerus, a deep anguish, a deep uh, pain. It could touch the core of the heart. That his soul and his heart will go out and return to God. And when one does tshuva with this type of love, the Gemara says, Rish Lakish says, that when a Jew does just tshuva out of love, all of his sins are transformed into mitzvahs. Even his willing averis, his willing sins become zachias. Pirush. What's pshat? Well, how does the, what is the pshat of this? A person ate, say, pork. He does tshuva out of love. So now eating the pork becomes a mitzvah. A person was mechal shabbos. So now the chil shabbos becomes a mitzvah. The marshal within the Gemara, Chidusha Goddess Marshal says, it doesn't make sense. Why should this sin become a mitzvah? He did shuva. And therefore the marsha interprets the Gemara and says the Gemara doesn't mean that this doinus nasa lakazachis. The Gemara means that a balchuva, in order to forgive for his past, he does extra mitzvahs. And because he does extra mitzvahs, the Averis caused him to do more mitzvahs. But it's not that this doinus nasa lakazachis. But that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says doinus nasa lakazachis. The marsha says it means that this doinus caused him to do more mitzvahs, so therefore he has more zachis than other people. Because he's prompted, he's tempted, he's inspired to do more mitzvahs. But the Balatanya Taich is Pidush, Keshem Shal Hashem. Just like we explain that through mitzvahs, what happens? You're catapulted. You remember, You're catapulted. The soul is elevated into the infinite light through Torah mitzvahs. Torah Vaydag Milus Chasadim, which hold down the Eish Oichla. The same is alus, the same elevation of the soul that happens through the mitzvahs. His soul will be elevated through this frustration, through this miridus that comes from this doinus, from the sins. This doinus, the falling into the abyss, creates a miridus. Miridus means a sense of loss, a sense of grieving, a sense of frustration where I ended up, knowing who I am, who I could have been, and who I became, and f- being frustrated with that. The elevation of the soul into God's light, through mitzvahs, that same elevation happens through the frustration that comes through sins. And without sins you can't have this frustration. It's also catapulting. It's also catapulting. This frustration, this sense of anguish, of grief, elevates a person to a place that he would have never be able to reach under conventional methods. 
And that's where the Gemara says in Brachas, B'makam Shabali Tshuva Aimdim, he says, Chuli, the Gemara says, B'makam Shabali Tshuva Aimdim, ain't Sadikim Gemurim Michaelim Lamet. The place where the Bal Tshuva stands, even a complete Sadik can stand. But what's the Havana? What's the explaining? What does the Bal Tshuva have over the Tzadik? Just because I didn't sin my whole life, therefore Lama Nigara. <laughs> if I sinned, then I became a Bal Tshuva. Wow, wow, wow. Just because I'm a Tzadik, I'm a good kid. I never sinned. Sorry. You can't get the prize. It's not fair. Lama Nigara, you have to say the other way around. Just because I didn't sin, therefore I'm discriminated against. <laughs> What's Pshat? So that's what he's going to start explaining now, yeah? Pedic Zion, similar, similar, not mamish. Well, because the Balshuva has the catapulting effect. Oh, Tzaddik is just you know at, at a very very nice high level, but he right. didn't get that extra jump. But he didn't get that. The Tzaddik is stable. If I care, the Tzaddik is in a beautiful, stable place, consistent perseverance. There's perseverance, there's consistency, and he's in his orbit. He's in his orbit. The Balshuva is catapulted. The Balshuva is anikiv roish and sits down on that branch of the cypress or the cedar. And gets catapulted, elevated to a place beyond his imagination, beyond his capacity. What does it? It's the fact that he fell so low and he experiences terrible miridus, deep pain over it. And that creates an elevation, it catapults, it brings a person to a place where action, which are po- actions which are positive in a positive environment, despite their greatness, don't have. They don't create the momentum. Which means as follows, if you want to put it this way. Whenever negative energy is converted into an energy, a fuel, that fuels transformation, the person is catapulted into a place where he could have never reached on his own because what fueled this new growth is the exact opposite. So there's a shock element here. There's a leap. There's a quantum leap that doesn't exist in the tzaddik's life. It's the sin that becomes the catalyst and the springboard for tremendous growth because it's what creates the miridus, the sense of loss, the sense of grief. And this is what he's going to start explaining now, what this shot is. This is not really, it's a new peyrik, but it's, you'll see right away, he starts key. We got, now go to the story in Parshas Kisisa. The Jews create a golden calf. Now Parshas Kisisa, you can even see when you read the Chumash, you read the Parsha there, it's completely mysterious. They create a golden calf. There's a disaster. God says, that we're done. This, 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 is, this, this experiment has failed. Let's start over with Moshe, with you. Moshe says it's not happening. Either you forgive them, if not, blot me out of your book, Hashem forgives. What happens now is a strange conversation between Moshe and God. Moshe says, I want to see you. A whole discussion. Could you see me? Could you not see me? They go back and forth, and finally Hashem says, there's a place with me, stand on the rock. When I pass, when my glory passes, I'm going to place you in the cleft of the sur, the cleft of the stone. He says, you'll see my back, you won't see my face. And right after that, he gives him the Yudgimu Midas 
There's 13 attributes of companion. And then the parsha moves on to the next sugya. So he says, with Moshe, that's the context. With Samticha Benikras, that's I'm going to put you in the cleft, Nikras, the cleft, the hole of the rock, when he wants to bring down the, 14, the 13 attributes of Rachim. Pirush. Mepchines Tzur Elyon Mokr V'Shoyrish Kol Shorsha Yeshavos. What's Tzur? Tzur is called the Tzur Elyon, meaning the supernal rock, which represents the Tzur. Like you say, Tzur Yisrael V'Goyaloi, in the morning, right? Many of you know Neschayas. The rock of the Jewish people. Tzur Yisrael, the rock. Habitu al Tzur Machtzavchem, the Navi says. Look at the rock from which you were honed out, where you were chiseled out, from which you were carved out. Makav Eshoyrish Kol Sharsha Yishav was the source of creation. Kamashakasav Habitu al Tzur Chatzavchem. Gaze, the Navi says, at the Tzur, at the rock from which you were carved. Venikra Tzur, why is it called Tzur? Kamayla Marshal Tzur HaChalamish. Take a flintstone. You take a flintstone, you strike it, and you extract fire from it. You can create fire. If you know what you're doing, everybody could strike and you see sparks come out, you can create fire. Where was this fire? I ask you a question now. If you take this flintstone and you put it in the water for a thousand years, you still will be able to take fire from it. Why? Water extinguishes the fire. The answer is because the Yisoyed Ha'esh is not Bepoyal, it's Bekoyach. If the Yisoyed Ha'esh, if fire would have been burning, if you take a coal that's burning, you put it in the water, you know what's going to happen. Bump! You take it out after ten minutes, it's not on fire. Because the element of fire is revealed, it's actualized. Because it's actualized, it could be extinguished too. In the Flintstone, it's Bekoyach. It's potential. Because it's only in a state of potential, so the paradox is, you always have it. If it would have been in a state of actualization, you can destroy it. Since it was only in a state of potentiality and concealment, it's also indestructible. Because what are you going to destroy? You put it in water, so you extinguish a flame. You don't have a flame here. You have the potential for a flame. The potential you can't destroy. Actualization you can destroy, not potential. Potential is a state of potential. There's nothing tangible that I can destroy. That's why, as we shall soon see, people can be destroyed, but their potential can't be destroyed. The only thing that can be destroyed is they think their potential was destroyed. But their potential can't be destroyed. You can't destroy it. You can damage an existing reality. You can't damage a potential reality. So you can never destroy somebody's potential. The challenge is you destroy them hard enough that you think that your potential was destroyed. You don't think you have potential anymore. So that is the greatest tragedy, but not that your potential was destroyed. So this Yisoyed Ha'esh will always be there. That's why Hashem is called Tzur. We say Tzur Chayenu every morning, right? Tzur Chayenu. Mogin Yishenu. Misgav Ba'adeinu. Tzur Yisrael. At night we also say, right? What do we say? Uh, we say at night Tzur? Anybody? In Moedim, I guess. Okay. What is this idea of Tzur? So he says, Tzur chayenu ki yushoyrish umakr lechol sharshe havia. He is the source of all the sources of creation. V'shoyrish havaya hu behelem bekayach walei bepoel. 
and the source of creation is a potential, not an actuality. You have Shema Havaya Yutkevavke, that's the force of God which actually creates everything from nothing to something, and we call that Eish. Ah, there's God as fire, and there's God as the flintstone. What's the difference? That's actualized fire. That's not surchayenu. Surchayenu is, there's also fire. But it's only in a state of potential and concealment. That's beyond Eish Oichla. The way Yutkei Vavke is actualized meaning. The force of divine energy comes out and creates the world's me'ayin liyesh. That is Hashem as an Eish, a fire which creates light, which creates warmth, which creates life and energy. And that fire has to be held down, as explained earlier in the Maimer, that's Eish. But then you have the mocker and the Shoirish of Shem Havaya. The source in Hashem Himself before He has any names. Here you have the source of everything, but you don't see it. It's not like I look at a flint and I say, oh, there's the fire. You don't see it. It could come out of it, but it's not actualized. In God Himself, you have everything. But it's not in a tangible way where it becomes concretized and therefore defines Him or limits Him. He is the source of everything. But the source doesn't mean that everything has to be in a concretized form and therefore in a limited and a defined form. It's rather in a state of Mokkan and Shaydish. So you have two states. You have Hashem as Eish, and you have Hashem as Tzur. Now, when the Jews create a golden calf, their relationship with God is over, quote-unquote. Hashem says, this is not happening. There's a fire. You need to hold down this fire. Eish Oichla. How do you hold down this fire? Torah, Avoidig, Melech What did they do? They did the exact opposite. So the relationship is over. He says there's no relationship anymore. The purpose of creation is finished. The purpose of creation ceased. So where does the fire go? It goes back. There's no wick. There's no log. The fire goes back. The symptom is done. We go back to the source. Moshe says, no, 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 no. It's time to go to the tzur. We lost the Eish. Now you got to go to the Tzur. The Samticha Benikras Hatzur. After the Chet Eagle, you got to go to the Flintstone. The regular Eish Eichla, that was extinguished. You put fire in water, it's over. You don't have the, the, the wick to carry the fire, it's not going to be carried. But the Tzur doesn't work that way. The Tzur could be in water for a thousand years and the fire doesn't get extinguished because it's in a state of potential. This thought shifted here. He started with the potential which is indestructible within the Balshuva. And now he's moving in the, within the potential of the Rebbe Both. It's a Habahatalia. That's the point. Kacha inyem b'Balshuva. Shenich be'etzlai me'er ha'esh oichla. The Balshuva's esh oichla was extinguished. L'fish e'en lemchines ha'psila va'etzit. He lacks the wick. He lacks the logs. Lis aches behem ha'er. In which the oir, the light of divinity, can hold on. She'en toiru ma'isim toivim. Torah, Tefillah, Ma'asim, everything he explained before. The wicks, the logs of, of Judaism that hold down the Eir Hashem, Ani Kibroish Rana, and allow the soul to become part of Ein Saif. And they're the axis upon which all of the worlds and the cosmos rotate and exist. The Neshama is Pnimi Yisraelim, is Baruch Ato Hashem, Elekeinu, and then Melech Ha'olam, as explained before at length. That Eish is gone. He lost it in his own life. He lost it. He has no wick to hold down the divine light. What's his life like? 
We're talking about a person who has fallen. A person who has fallen spiritually, morally, psychologically, emotionally. So now you ask, where is God in his life? He lost it. There's no wick, there's no logs, there's no fire. So what happens now? What happens now is, Through the profound sense of pain and grief at the core of his heart. And this transcends time. Why? When a person is really in pain, he doesn't care about time or space. Time and space don't occupy significance in that realm. When a person is in a... In other words, you'll say, Oh, it's 2 o'clock, we got to go. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. He's in a space... We're here, it's a pastor. Why are you crying? It's public area. Time and space don't hold him captive then. He's in a, because the pain touches him at a core space, at a core point where there's no time. There's no space. He becomes disgusted with the way his life soul became. The Gemara in Mavodazara, Yitches has a story that Abelazah ben the Gemara says that over there, Blazer ben Derdaya was a Jew. To put the words of the Gemara, there was not one harlot in the history in the world that he didn't know. He went everywhere. He had to do with everybody and everything. In other words, he was a true, true quintessential sinner on the highest level, Mahadrim and Mahadrim, with everybody's achshayim. And so he says he once heard about some beautiful woman and he decided to go seek her services and he gave money, etc., etc. The Gemara continues and he was together with her and in the middle of the intimacy, he let out air. He let out air. So she, from all people, she tells him, just like this ear that you just let out is gone with the wind forever. This is a reflection of who you are. You're like this ear. You're also like this. This is what she told him. And this triggered him. This triggered him. Imagine all the teachers, all the rabbis in the world, all the Rosh Hashivas, all the drushas in the world, nothing touched them. This Musad Rasha that she gave him in the middle of when they were when they were with it together, this triggered him. Huh? Transformed it. It transformed him. He got it. He got it. And he decided to change his life. And the Gemara says he spoke to the heavens and the earth and the mountains and the sun and the moon and he realized nobody can help him and he said, Einadavar talayalabi Gobchia, he went into weeping, he put his head between his, his knees and he was weeping and weeping and he expired. He passed on. He passed on and there was a baskal, there was a voice that said, Rebelazab and Durdayim Zuman Lachayalamhab. He goes to Elamhab. The Gemara says, Bacha Rebbe, Rebbe cried when he heard the story and he said some of us have to acquire our world over many years and some of us acquire it in a moment. Sha'achas. Sha'achas means an hour. Dr. Rebbe used to type Sha' from the word Vayisha, turning. Bisha'achas, mit ein ker. mit ein ker, with one turn. Not our Sha', with one turn. With one movement, with one gesture. With one motion, you're Kainai Lama. And Loyoid, they call him Reb. So he says, let's understand this. 
כאילו רב לא זבנן שבוחת שיוצס נשמוסה. הרי מחמזה מגיע לבחינס הצור. למי למי למבחינס הסהב וסהביז והמשוך הזמן ומוקם. Through this moment the Baal reaches God, not as Eish. He reaches God, the Tzur. He reaches Hashem beyond Havaya, beyond time, beyond space. The source of everything. Over there the fire was never extinguished because you can't destroy potential. You can only destroy Eish. You can't destroy potential. So it's also a reflection within himself. What part of yourself can you destroy? You can destroy your fire but you can't destroy the potential of your fire. You can never destroy that. That's what a person has to know. I could destroy my fire, but I can't destroy the Flintstone. I, I, could destroy, I, could, I, could, I can't destroy the fire in the Flintstone. Because the fire in the Flintstone can always be regenerated. Because it's not there in a state that is vulnerable for destruction. We have two parts to ourselves. We have a part that's vulnerable, that somebody can traumatize, somebody can destroy, somebody can eliminate, somebody can tamper with, somebody can minimize, somebody could ca- compromise and weaken. That's the parts of you that are out there. But the part of the age that's in the tzur, that could, that's indestructible. And therefore nobody and no force in the world could get there because there's nowhere to get. They don't have, it doesn't allow itself. Why is it so concealed? Thank God it's so concealed, because that makes it indestructible. So that's why sometimes people are trying to access parts of themselves, and they can't. It's very hard, because it's deep, and they get very frustrated. But they have to thank their goodness that it's so deep and concealed, because that is what allowed it to remain immune to all abuse, to all trauma, to all mistakes, because it was Nitzur HaChalamish. So that's in the person himself. Now in Hashem is the same thing. The Balchuva lost access with the Aish of Hashem. So what do you do? How do you recreate a relationship? The fire is gone. He got to go all the way to the Tzur. How do you get to the Tzur? How do you get from the abyss to the Tzur, which is Hashem as the rock, the flintstone, which is the source of Shem Avaya, the source of divine energy, the source of Aish Oichla. And that's beyond time and space because it's the source. The answer is that... Huh? The, 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 the sense of grief, the sense of loss, the sense of frustration that this person has, and that sense which makes him think, that he has fallen so low, that in itself catapults him and creates a momentum that allows him to transcend time and space, because he's not interested in time and space. He becomes disgusted. And that sense of disgust takes him outside of time and space and brings him back to the tzur, which is beyond the fire because it's the source of the fire. So the catapulting of the Balchuvo through his Marirus back to the tzur is a place which the tzaddik typically does not access. Right. right. And therefore, Shah, he's turning. Yeah. It's a very right. amazing thing. Huh? Sha, the, that part of Shah yeah. meaning turn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the yesh koinoi lomoi b'sha achas. With one turn. What's pshat a turn? What's pshat a turn? Turn means I don't, move, I don't go anywhere. I'm in the same position. I just turned around. My reaction is different. My direction is different. My perspective is different. I'm facing here and I face them in the same place. Yeah. So what, what's the idea here? I sinned. That's a reality. I can't change that. You want to speak about it psychologically? I was hurt. I experienced this in my life, that in my life. 
my choice, other people's choices. That's already the type of the type of how you developed into what you developed. But these are the facts. What does the Balchuva change? He doesn't change the facts. But what does he do with it? It can do one of two things. Either he could just wallow in that and remain there. Or the Blazab and Derdaya uses all those experiences to catapult him to Ein Soif, to Kedusha How, because they create a certain sense of mirirus, a sense of loss that creates a yearning and it creates a sense of grief and pain that prompts the person to say, it's not who I am, it's not who I want to be. So the very Zdoinus now, the very sin becomes the catalyst, the springboard to bring a person to the place of Tzur, to make a quantum leap where the tzaddik could never reach, because the tzaddik operates in the place of Eish Oichla. He doesn't need the Tzur. The Balchuva, by falling so low through the Zdoinus, goes all the way back to Tzur. The Baskal says that he has Olam Haba, just like the Tzadikim, who have Olam Haba. What's Olam Haba? They enjoy the ray of their Torah and Avoida. That's what Olam Haba is. Olam Haba is not different than your life now. Olam Haba means you experience your life. That's what Olam Haba is. That's what we explained the other day with Olam Haba, Ganeidin and Gehenim. You see what he says, what Elam Hab is? Nenin Miziv Tayrasan Vavidas. Meaning, when you're Oivid Hashem, when you learn Tayrasan, there's a Ziv, there's a light that's created. But I don't know the light. Elam Haba simply means I get to see the video. I get to see the result. I get to see the light. I get to bask in the light of Tayrasan Avoid. I, Rebbe Lazarus, didn't have Tayrasan Avoid. How can he have Elam Haba? Afshalahoyaloy Tayrasan Mitzvah. But he was Davuk in the source of Torah Mitzvah. Because he was Davuk, he was connected to the Makar, to the source, and the Shoyer is the root of everything, which is the Tzur. Tzur Chayenu. Therefore he can have Elam Haba. Even though it wasn't processed through the regular situation of Torah and Avoida, which holds down the fire of God, he didn't hold down any fire. He lost that fire early on in his life. And he was left with nothing. So all he was left with was nothing. He was staring at the abyss. What do they say when you stare at the abyss? The abyss stares back at you. Right? That's what could happen. In other words, you fall in and you stay there. All he has is nothing. What does he say? I have nothing. So what Yeah. What does he have? You still have one thing. Huh? Right? But in this state, all he has is his sins. So the Gemara says the sins become mitzvahs. How do sins become mitzvahs? What happens? So basically, all I have is my sense of loss. And you know what? The Alter Rebbe says that sense of loss is the most incredible thing you can have. Because that will give you the awareness and the depth and the push and it becomes the engine and the springboard for infinity. Yeah. You could say then that when Rabbanishan put Moshe Benikras and Sur because that was going to be the place of Kapara, yeah. that's why he says Fanelayro, it's all the Hester because it's God in the Flintstone. Right. Fanelayro, there is no Aishol right. to see. It's right. Only... Right. So the Tzadik has that 
If he becomes a Balchuvan. <laughs> if the Tzaddik becomes a Balchuvan. He has to hang around. If the Tzaddik hangs around Balchuvan, then he can have it a little bit. He could be toyed from there, toyed and avoid. That's what it says, yeah. So, in other words, so you have here the concept that whenever you take negative energy and you somehow figure out how to convert it into a source of positive energy, the positive energy is far beyond the regular positive energy. It has a momentum, it has a depth that the positive energy on its own doesn't have. By taking this doyness and turning them into the source of his relationship with Hashem, those tears, that cry, brings a person to a place that he could have never had with the Zachias itself. So therefore, just like the soul is elevated to infinity through Zachias, in a different way, it's elevated through this doyness. To where is it elevated? Not to Eish Oichla. To Nikras Hatsur, where the Eish was never destroyed, because it was never actualized. So the Balchuva touches God in a place, so to speak, where the Tzaddik doesn't touch Him. The Tzaddik touches Hashem in a more structured place. He gets in touch with this structured God. The God who creates a world and creates systems and creates good and creates bad and this is how you connect to me and this is how you disconnect to me. The Balchuva lost that. There's no, he destroyed all the structures. Tell you, yeah, there's no structures anymore. The fire is gone. There's nothing. It's just abyss. Tell you, It's So now, what does he have to figure out? He can't connect to a god of structure because he destroyed all the structures. He has to go to the place of tzur, to the shayrish of zman, the shayrish of makam. But how can he get there? He has to find in himself that space where he becomes transcendent and single-mindedly directed. To that which is beyond time and space, and then this doyness nasa like kazachias. That's why by Cheta Egel it says v'samticha benikrasatz. The reason he has to find it himself is because it doesn't exist by no one else. It's only according to his sense yeah. that's the power yes. of You can't copy can't anybody. Can. About tshuva can't copy anybody else. <laughs> if you're copying, it's not that. What's the it's all original. We'll see tomorrow. So. So, let's summarize. After the Chet Eagle, after the Chet Eagle, we learned there is a crisis that faces the Jewish people. It's the first time that the entire relationship was at the verge of becoming extinct, and the reason was obvious. The reason was obvious. Imagine a couple gets married and 40 days later, not a year later, not 10 years later, not even 6 months later, 40 days later, which basically means a little more than a month, the spouse betrays the other spouse. On the honeymoon, you know, in the middle of the Shavabrachas, basically. It's like, whoa! I mean, this is a hopeless, pretty hopeless situation. Mela, a few years later, you know. <laughs> also, it's quite complicated. They get bored of each other, they get into fights, stress of life, issues come up. You're just newly married, what's happening? The Chet Egel, 40 days after Matan Torah, was an absolute betrayal. 
So it seemed like the relationship is over. And Moshe Rabbeinu emerges, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, No, erase me from the Sefer Torah. What do they say? It's not over till it's over. <laughs> and Moshe Rabbeinu said, it's not over. What makes it not over? What happened? Moshe at that moment had to reveal, he allowed, he, he, he created the revelation of a relationship that exists on a deeper level. Let's call it on a superconscious level, on a subconscious level. Where does this come out in the Chumash? That afterwards, Moshe Rabbeinu reveals, has Hashem reveal the Yudgim Omidus HaRachemim, Vayavar Hashem Alpano Vayikra, but the prerequisite to that is, V'samticha B'Nikros Hatsur. V'nitzavta Al Hatsur, V'samticha B'Nikros Hatsur. And according to the Balatanya, that Tsur, that is the key issue here. Why? Because the relationship between the husband and the wife is defined as a relationship of fire. The Gemara says in Saita, Ish v'isha zachu shechina shruya b'neim. Zog the Gemara, Ish is Aish yud. Isha is Aish hey. His fire, her fire, makes together Hashem's name, yud and ke. You take out the yud and the hey. You have Aish and Aish. You have two fires killing each other. So you have to have the Yud and the He in order to make it Ish and Isha. So you have the Aish. That begins with our relationship with Hashem. Hashem Alekecha. Aish Oichluhu. Hashem is fire. And what is a fire? The definition of a fire is it burns, it lights up, it warms. But the Klal is you need an Aish Oichlu. You can't have fire if it doesn't eat something up. Fire doesn't exist in a self-contained way. Fire needs a relationship. That's why a relationship is defined as fire. All There's things in life you can do on your own. Fire can't exist on its own. Fire needs to be in an active relationship with something else that is feeding it, is yielding to it, is being consumed by it. That's what makes the fire exist. Without the Eish Oichla, you don't have Eish. So Hashem Elekecha, Elekus, could only be experienced if there was what? There's a relationship. There's something being consumed in the fire. What's being consumed in the fire? Something. Your personality, your mind, your heart, your soul, your midos. There's a skafia, there's a sapcha. There's something happening. There's a psadent being made. Something is burning. Sebrenta fire. There's something burning. Sebrenta fire. There's something burning. If there's nothing burning, there's nothing burning up. It's not Hashem There's no Hashem because he's Eish Now you have this Jew in the story, it's Klal Yisrael, sins with the golden calf. Or you have an individual Jew who is lost in his kafa kela. There's no Eish anymore. The Eish departed. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes and says, there's still a Tzur. There's still a Flintstone. There's still Tzura Chalamish. And the Flintstone has sparks of fire that nobody can destroy, nobody can eliminate. And we can extract the new sparks from a flintstone. And even if the flintstone has been in water for generations, you could still take out the fire from it. That's the tzur that gets revealed only after the chetaigo. This becomes the source of the idiom of the zarachim. Yeah. That's the p'chin of the tzur. That's an indestructible 
flame that can always be extracted. On a deeper level, this is not only in the Balshuva, this is Kavayachal in Hashem also. Sur Machtzaftem, Sur Chatzaf, Sur, what's the Lashon? Sur Chatzaftem, Habitual, Sur Machtzaftem, represents the rock from which we come. Tzur Yisrael, Tzur Chayenu. Why is he called a Tzur? Because Tzur is the source of the fire, but the fire is not tangible in the Tzur. That represents Hashem as the source of the source, of the source of all life, but it's not yet actualized in a concrete and tangible way. In other words, it's not defined. Hashem is undefined, and in His undefinedness, He includes everything, He encompasses everything, but not in a concrete, defined way. That would make him a limited being. Hashem has Chachma, yeah. Hashem has Chesed, yeah. Hashem has Gvura, yeah. Does he have Yud, Kei, Vav, Kei? He has everything, but it's an Abchin of Tzur. In the most abstract, undefined way, just like the relationship of fire to the stone. What's the nature of fire in the stone? If you open the stone, you'll see fire? No. What is it? Is the fire existing in the stone or not existing? On one level, it's existing in the stone. If it wouldn't exist in the stone... Right? You could clap it and clap it and clap it from today till tomorrow for nine bismargan for a year straight. You're not going to have any fire. Take a cup of water and clap and clap and clap and clap. You're not going to extract any fire. The tzur you could extract fire from. That means it's there. On the other hand, is it there? Nothing there. There's no fire there. It's there in a state of potential, meaning it's available to you. It's available to you. But it's available and it's completely in a state of concealment. It's not defined by it. Because it's not defined by it, its properties are not limited by it. If you would have a regular flame, you would put it in the water, the flame would be extinguished. You could put the rock in the water for generations if that doesn't affect the flame. Because the nature of the flame, the way it's in that rock is, as he puts it, in a state of bekoyach and behelem, not bepoyal. When we describe Hashem as sur, we're describing everything there in a state of bekoyach, not in a state of bepoyal. In a state of potential, not in a state of actualization. Question? Yeah. So in terms of the analysis of a few weeks back on Munim for Akudim, this analysis of the sword fit into that? This is even higher than Akudim. So it's before it's Yeah. Before? Yeah. Wow. You remember we learned that the man was the Pchina of Akudim, and then there's the Nakudah of Shabbos, mm-hmm. right? Where you go back to the source. Back to the That's where the man wasn't on Shabbos, yeah. So this is that. It's sur, the shoyrish. It's beyond yutkei vavkei. Yutkei vavkei is a fire. Yutkei vavkei is Hashem elakecha. Hashem is yutkei vavkei. Elakecha is elakim. Together it's eish oichlohu. But this Balchuva lost his fire. He lost his fire in here, and he lost the fire up there. Same fire. <coughs> but what happens, says the Dal Gemara and Yuma, is doinus nasalek is If he does tshuva out of love, the sins become mitzvahs. He asked, how can that happen? How can sins become mitzvahs? Whoever heard of such a thing? They say the Blavitzak of Badichev, the Badichev of Yom Kippur, he saw in front of Shul and Badichev, a Jew was smoking and eating. Badichev always had something good to say to a person. That was his thing. He was, he was the quintessential Oyev Yisrael and Malamet Tzchus on Jews. So this Jew was a real uh, tzatzka, a real avtzalach. <coughs> he says, New Rebbe, what do you have to say? He says, ah, ah, I'm sure you forgot that it's in Kippur. He says, no, I remember it's in Kippur. He says, I'm sure you forgot that you're not allowed to eat on Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to smoke. He says, no, I know, I'm doing it anyway. 
So he says, Ah, Tata in Himmel, Father in Heaven. Give a cook, look at your children. Here's a Jew, eats him, Kippur, smokes him, but a lie he won't say. <laughs> a lie he won't say. And then Baditshiva, they say the Baditshiva told him, I'm jealous of you. He says, Why are you jealous of me? He says, Because if you do tshuva, you can have mitzvahs that I would never have. Because all your sins will become mitzvahs. You can have mitzvahs that I'll never have. I'll never have a mitzvah of eating on Yom Kippur. I never got such a beautiful mitzvah. So this Jew says, Rebbe, come back next year, you'll be even more jealous. <laughs> now, by amount of sins I'll do over the next year, you'll be even more jealous. They say that the, the Yid became a Baal at the end. It t- touched him, it affected him. But what's Taka the Havana here? What do you mean it's doing this? You could say, God forgives you for the sins. I mean, think about it in a relationship. Let's say you have a marriage and it fails. The husband betrays the wife, the wife betrays the husband, whatever the situation is. There's a concept of moving on. There's a concept of asking forgiveness. You have to say, I'm sorry. Hopefully not for betrayal, but for different things. People say, I'm sorry. That's how life... You say, I'm sorry, you apologize, it's forgiveness. But are you going to say that the betrayal becomes a mitzvah? It's a strange thing. You could say, I forgive you. You hurt me. I'm going to overlook it. We'll move on. I can appreciate. I understand you're human. You're weak. Okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. You asked, I forgive you. But that becomes a mitzvah? Yes, that becomes a mitzvah. In other words, that becomes what creates the relationship. That's the missing link. That's what destroyed the relationship. You asked forgiveness, so we're going to move on. We're saying, Zdoinus Nasolekazachius means... The deficiency, the vice, the destructive cause of the re- that which destroyed the relationship now becomes the link. It becomes the missing link. It becomes the new link between them. He says, why is that? The same way the soul is elevated through Torah and Mitzvahs, it's catapulted, like we learned. Ani The same way this doinus catapult the soul of the Paltruva to where? To Tzur. From Eish to Tzur. What's the Havana? The Havana is that this is the Mirirus, the sense of grief, the sense of frustration that comes through this Dainas. That fuels the relationship and the love in a new way that without that negative experience you could have never experienced this type of intense emotion. It's the absence, it's the loss it's the betrayal that when it's converted into positive energy, gives the positive energy a momentum, a depth, and an intensity that it would have never had, had this relationship just been smooth and stable and consistent and never crash. So basically, what you do is you channel, you channel, you convert the negative energy itself into a mirirus. A mirirus means a frustration that you can't create uh, fake. It has to be real. You can't mimic this. It has to be an authentic experience. And that authentic experience makes that this doinus catapults him to a place that he couldn't have reached without it. What's this place? Not Eish, Tzur. V'samticha b'nikras atzur. He gets to Hashem the Tzur. He, doesn't have, he has to go there because there's no fire. He has to go to the source of the fire. 
to the place where the fire could never be destroyed, not in him, and Kabayochal, not in Hashem. That fire can't go away. That fire is not Eish Oichla that can depart. He can access that. For that, he has to go to a place beyond time, beyond space. Yudkevavke, that means he says the level of frustration has to be where Zman and Maka mean nothing for him. Time and place mean nothing. Nikudas Halev Lamaila Minazman, that was the Pchin of Rebelazab ben Derdaya. And because of that, he's Mizuman Lechaya Elamhaba. I, the whole Elamhaba, you're basically enjoying the radiance of your Torah and Mitzvahs. Rebelazab ben Derdaya doesn't have Torah and Mitzvahs to enjoy in Elamhaba. What is he doing in Elamhaba? He says he still gets Elam Abba because he's Davak b'mekayr of Esharsha Dekula in the source of it all. That's the Nekut. It kind of took a shortcut to get there. It's a little bit of a, you know... <coughs> 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 it's a travel around the world. That's the finish, I guess. It's not considered a shortcut. It's a different type of path, yes. It's a different type of path. The pain is the shorter path. The pain is... Pay the price. That's why it can never be premeditated. Of course. Yeah. If it's premeditated, then it's not this. It's not real Mariras. Yeah. It's not real Mariras. So this means, in other words, that whatever a Jew does, he's always, get, he's always creating a path to Hashem. Whatever a Jew does, he's always carving out a path to Hashem. There's just two different types of paths that he carves out. One is, he goes on the beaten track. He goes on the path, There's a highway, you go in Shabbos to the Catskills, you take the 17, summer season is coming. There's a highway, the beaten track. That's one path you carve out to God. Then there's a Jew who decides to sin. You might think, He's carving out a path away from Hashem. No, no. He's also carving out a path to God. It's just a different type of path. It's a path that's not the beaten track. It's off the beaten track. It's like you decide, you know, there's traffic on the 17th, so you decide to go uh, through the woods. (laughs) There's no path. There's maybe a little bit of a dirt path. And you stumble and you fall and you get hurt and you go over rocks. But you create a new path. What's Pshad? He's creating a path to Hashem. Now he's not. He's trying to go away. But when he's going to do tshuva, and he will do tshuva, and the tshuva is going to be a very deep tshuva, retroactively it's going to be revealed that these doinas created the momentum for a much deeper type of relationship than without this doinas. And therefore retroactively they're considered mitzvahs. Based on what you're saying, this ushers, with the sewer concept ushers in the Yudh Gimelidos, we really have a whole new Havana the start with Hashem will lift the Hashem, and it's a different, it's yes. a different Yes, yes. One is Hashem, one is the Yes, yes. One is the Asian, one is the Yeah. This is a question. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, Hashem. Why does it say twice? So the Gemara says we learned it earlier that one is Hashem before the sin and one is Hashem after the sin. Rashi brings it in Chumash also. There's Midas Harachem and before you sin. There's Midas Harachem after you sin. So the Rosh already, the Rosh in Gemara asks a question. He says, what do you need Rachman before you sin? What's the Rachman before you sin? What's the Midas Rachman before? I understand after you sin. What do you need Midas Rachman? So the Rosh answers, because he knows you're going to sin. There's a word I saw once from the Zidichayver. He says that uh, the Rachman you need before you sin is because you think you're perfect. 
He says that you real. So no way, it's worse than after you sin. After you sin, you're a mala mensch. You're a normal person. You're humble. Before you sin, you have the holier than thou attitude. You know that attitude. Holier than thou. I don't sin. I'm perfect. He says you actually need rachem. But here with Taka learning that there's two, as we're going to see soon, there's two pchinas. There's the yud kevavke and the pchina of tzur. That's koyde machet. I'm sorry. There's the yud kevavke and the pchina of yud kevavke. Eish. And then there's the yud kevavke, which is the pchina of tzur, the shayrish, as we will see. So now let's see further. The line starts v'sharsha the kula, page fifty-two. The line starts v'sharsha, like fifteen lines from the bottom. Achloi kaladam zaychalaza. Rebbe Lazer ben Derdaya did a lot of work. Not everybody could merit this. To be able to experience what Rebbe Lazer ben Derdaya experienced, and he gets Olam Haba, even without Torah mitzvahs, because he went back to the core of Olam Haba. He went back to the source of Torah and Avayda. He went to the tzur, even though he didn't have the esh. That's why we daven every morning. We say, We turn to Hashem, we say, You return to us. Hashem, return us to you. And then we will return. There's two ways of describing tshuva. Who makes the first phone call? Who sends the text first? Right? After the fight, who makes the first call? So we turn to Hashem and you say, you know what, why don't you make the first call? Hashiveinu Hashem Eilecha. Return us to you. V'nashuva. And then we'll return. We say in the Slichas, Hashiveinu Hashem Eilecha V'nashuva. Chadish Yameinu Kekedah. In Shemin Esther we say, Hashiveinu Avinu L'Sarasecha. Kaveinu Malkeinu L'Avidasecha. Achzireinu B'Shuva Shleimu L'Fanach. But here he's quoting the Slichas. Hashiveinu Hashem Eilecha V'nashuva. First, there should be the arousal from above, so that afterwards there'll be the which is the arousal from below. And then the And he emphasizes this is what we choose, because there's another pasuk, Shuvu Elai, Vashuva Return to me, and then I'll return to you. In other you make the telephone call first. But in the slichas and in davening, we say, no, hashiveinu eilecha. You return us, and then v'nashuva, and then we will return. First is harusa d'la'ela, so then afterwards it can be harusa d'la'sata. V'av ki la'oilam bi harusa d'la'sata, tali is harusa d'la'ela. I, we have a principle, like we also learned in Vayikra, Adam Kiyakrev. The Seder is that is harusa d'la'ela depends on harusa d'la'sata. The arousal from below is what precipitates and initiates and triggers the arousal from above. We continue. It's not two separate things. There's a question and an answer. Ah, you'll tell me you need first then We're not done. Renew our days like in the past. What's pshat? Pirush. Just like in the beginning of creation, there was no Isarusatta because there was no Sata. There was no Bria yet. So it had to be, it had to come from him. Because he desires Chesed. Because of his desire, his good desire. We spoke yesterday the concept of Teva Hatoiv. The nature of good is to give good, to bestow good. But it all had to come from him. 
So we say even today, Chadish Yameinu Kekedem. Just like he said in the beginning of the Mayim, that in the beginning of the Bria, Sa'ilamis, everything was dependent on his Ratzin, Chichachet Chesod. Afterwards, it depends on my Satachtoinim. You need the Eish Oichlo, we need to hold it up. But in the beginning, he made the Eish. We couldn't start the Eish, there was no Eish Oichlo. That's what we're asking. The Inyan Chadish Yameinu, what's Pshat Chadish? Renew our days. Days represent flows of God's light. The Apostle says, Because Hashem is going to be your light. You won't need the sun to light up your day, because the Apostle continues. Hashem will be the Oyer So when you say, Yameinu is really a metaphor for divine light. Just like daytime is when the sun shines. The true source of the sun is the God's light. And one day you will say, the Pasuk says, you don't need the sun as your light, because Hashem will be your light. So, Chadish Yameinu Kekedem means, Al-Zanam of Akshim, Sheyoyer Aleinu, Oyer Chadosh, Mepchines Hatsur Hanal, Av Shenifsak Mimenu, Oyer Arishin, Mepchines Eish Oichlohu, Vahayinu Kemoibach, Vahayinu Kemoibach Oishach. That's the Chadish Yameinu Kekedem. Yoim is light. Vayikre Alekim Loyer, Yoim. Chadesh Yameinu, we need a new light. We need an Ur Chadash. Why do we need an Ur Chadash? Because the Eish went away. The Eish Oichla is gone. Because the Eish Oichla is gone, we're asking him, Hashivenu Hashem Eilecha, he initiated all on his own. We're saying, help us see that Nekudah of Tzur. Allow us to experience that part of ourself. Just like he kept him in the beginning of the creation. The Yisarus came on your own. Why is this? Because we need a new day. We need a new light in our life. We need a new fire because the old fire of Eish Eichel was extinguished as a result of the way we lived. So we were in darkness. So now we need Chadesh Yameinu, renew our light. There should be a Naya Eir. So what's Kedem have to do with this? Because Kedem was Yisarusa de la Eil and not Yisarusa de la so even though there may be missing my Yisrael it should be Kedem. Kedem means like all the way in the beginning, Kadma, in the time when the world was created. So this means whenever your light goes out, whenever your light goes out, what it really means is that Hashem is saying, Shiru Hashem Shir Chadash. It's time for a new song. Because it's time for a new song, so therefore the old song had to get interrupted. It's not fun to have the old song interrupted. Because it's a nice song. But sometimes the song just goes away. It's So now what do you need? You need to create new music. You need to create a new song. Shir Chadash. That's what we say Shabbos. Shir Lashem Shir Chadash. You need a new song. Sometimes you look at a matzav and you say the old song is just not working anymore. It's not inspiring anybody. You know when... You have the same song singing and singing. The Olam danced already. It's done. The energy is gone. You're going to sing the same song. You need a new song, right? So the professional musicians and singers know exactly how to uh, pace, uh, how to, uh, you know, judge judge the crowd and pace themselves. So new song, new song. But the concept is, you need a new a new source of inspiration, a new source of Osiris. So Chadesh Yemenu means that my fire is out, the fire is extinguished. So now what happened? So you could look at it in two ways. One way to look at it is, it's over. The fire is gone. The passion is gone. He's saying the real way to look at it is, now you have to get to Tzur. 
The reason this fire was extinguished is in order you should be able to dig in to your own Tzor and to the Tzor of Hashem and find the fire that's indestructible and create a new fire from the Tzor. Bring out new sparks from the Flintstone to create a new flame because the old flame was extinguished. That's the real concept of truth. And whenever a flame gets distinguished, that's really its purpose. Zdoin is not so like Zachias to become a catalyst and a springboard for a whole new fire because the old fire is gone. That's the Chadish Yemenu. Mevakshim Shayor Aleinu Ur Chadash. Zel Kibayoim Hazeh Yechaper. It now comes back to the beginning of the Maimah which started on the Pasuk and Achirim Ois. Kibayoim Hazeh Yechaper Aleichem Latayras Hamakal Chatasechem Lofne Hashem Titaru. And his question is, who's this Yechaper? Yechaper in third person. Why don't you say who? Kibayoim Hazeh Yechaper Hashem Aleichem. It's a very strange thing because when you Chumashim are also gone now. Why does this bookcase have mazel? Okay. That's going to work. Not easy to use a chok, but uh, we'll figure it out. Go through half of Zoyer and Mishnayis. The Pasuk says in Achri Mois, Perik Tazayim, Pasuk Choftes. It's not like he's speaking about Hashem. He's not speaking about Hashem that he, you could speak in third person. Sometimes in a sentence, if you say, Yankel asked me to go to the store. He also asked me to pick him up. He also asked me to drop somebody else off. Fine, you could say he. Here he's talking about the karbonas that Aaron has to make on Yom Kippur. There's the parachatas, the soirachatas, and then he says, You should fast, you shouldn't do malacha. Hashem is not mentioned, Hashem is not mentioned many, many verses. He's mentioned the beginning of the parsh. Suddenly, grammatically, and stylistically, it's very strange. On this day, he's going to atone for you. Clean you from all your sins. Lefnei Hashem Titaru. Suddenly you, you mention it. You should have said, Kibayoyim Hazeh Yichapur Hashem Aleichem. Lefonov Titaru. Lefnei Hashem Titaru. Hashem gets mentioned at the end of the Pasuk, not in the beginning of the Pasuk. So he says, now we'll all, after this whole Agdam, he started to explain Yom Kippur's Tshuva. What's Tshuva? Tshuva is returning the soul to its original source. The Hevel, the breath in Hashem. And he started the whole husband of the Maimon. So he says, now he comes back. Which is a day of tshuva. It brings out, it arouses, and it reveals what we call that he desires chesed. Through the five prayers of Yom Kippur. It says, not who. He's going to forgive. What's the, who's he? Who? Give a name. The answer is, man the one who has no name, no known name. Cannot be grasped in a name. And cannot even be hinted through any letter or even a kites. The kites is the thorn on top of the letter. What's known as Koitzoy Shal Yud, for example. 
on top of the yud is like a little line, or you have in the Sefer Torah the koitzim, the tagim, the little zayins on top. He says this is a type of presence that can't be hinted. First of all, he doesn't have a known name. He can't be grasped by a name, and he can't be hinted in any ois, and even in any koitz. Even a koitz, which is the edge of a letter, already capture something. And this can't be hinted in anything. All the names of Hashem, including On some level, they all represent a flow from nothingness to somethingness. From absolute concealment to revelation. There could be many different names. Hashem's energy fills the worlds. Hashem's energy infinitely transcends the worlds. But there's a hamshachem ayin liyesh. There's some flow from a state of nothingness to a state of somethingness. From a state of helam to a state of gilim. When you speak about Hashem in His essence, you can't say on Him, not the concept of He fills the world, or even Saiv of Kalalman, even though that represents an infinite light, is the light that fills the world, that penetrates the world. But Saiv of Kalalman transcends. But even that is already a relationship with Kalalman. Because he's not in the realm of Alman. In other words, the relationship already with Alman represents that there's a state of Hamshacha, there's a state of Gilu. There's some type of definition in the energy that is coming out in a particular way to create the worlds, to be in a relationship with the worlds, either above or inside, either finite or infinite. That's all names. That's where there's a name. Which is really what the concept of a name is. What is a name? When you say somebody has a name, what does it mean he has a name? The name is how you're known to others. That's your name. Just like if you would live yourself on an island, you wouldn't need a name. Why? Because when you talk to yourself, you don't have to call yourself by a name, yeah? If your name is Yankel, you don't say, uh, Yankel, you want to eat breakfast? Uh, some people do that. Uh, Yankel, you want to get up? Yankel. But if it's, you talk to yourself by talking to yourself. But if I want to talk to you, yeah, how do I talk to you? I, I'm not inside of you. I need something to be able to chap you. So I have a name. So in other words, a name technically, what does it serve? The purpose it serves is that other people should be able to identify you, should be able to talk about you, should be able to talk to you. In more abstract terms, what is a name? A name is the way you're defined vis-a-vis other people. This person has a name. It's your reputation. It's the way I know you. But the truth is, a name also exists for ourselves. It's our reputation to ourselves. It's how you talk to yourself about yourself, but it's not you. So your name is never you. Your name is how you talk to yourself about yourself. It's your thoughts about yourself. It's not you. But there's always a you. There's always an I that's deeper than names. So the more you talk to yourself about yourself, the more you're getting into your names. You're not getting into yourself. Because the way you're describing yourself is the way you are describing yourself. It's the way there's a certain part of you that can understand you, that can appreciate you, that can define you, but it's already defining you. It's not you. There's the you that is deeper than all of that. That you doesn't have a name. In fact, the moment we speak about that you, it has a name, but that's not you anymore. That's the reputation of you to others and the reputation of you to yourself. 
The Medrash says every person has three states. There's who you are, there's who you think you are, and there's who other people think you are. But even who you think you are has nothing to do with who you are. It's your thoughts about yourself, it's not yourself. In other words, it's your shape. Now, this is a marshal in Hashem, Kavayachal is the same thing. Whenever you speak about the name of Hashem, it's already Hashem the way He defined Himself in a manner that can be known, even to Himself, that can be described, that can have some description, some definition. But then you have that Nakuda that's beyond name. The Sham Makar Haslicha Vikapar. And that's the source of all forgiveness. Why? As we say in the Yomidasarachamimsa. He lifts up the sin and he overlooks Pesha, transgression. What's Pshat Noise Oven Vaivid al Pesha? Noise means he lifts it up, he contains it, he forgives it. Kilafan of his barakhlagabi etzimuhusekivayachal. Because in that space that's beyond names, in the presence of his core, of his essence, there's no blemish, there's no sin, and there's no transgression. In Yudke Vavke, you could say, you sinned, you harmed, you blemished. When you're dealing with Tzur, over there there's no blemish. Just like you can't destroy the fire. Why can't you destroy the fire? Because the fire is not vulnerable to destruction. When the fire is burning on a log, you can extinguish it. You throw it into the sea and it's over. But the Asian the Tzur is not vulnerable to destruction. So he says in that source, there's no B'gam, there's no Pesha, there's no Oven. So we said the other day about the relationship in Chatasa Matifalo, it's not like a relationship with a person. That's really because of the Tzur. Yes. The Asian would have not right. that Right, thing. right. Right. In the Eish Eichla, there's Im Chatasamatifala. At least relative to us, the fire doesn't disappear, but it goes back to its source. We can't experience it. Just like when I, in a person, when I harm a person who's very, very confident, relatively speaking, he may not be harmed, but I lose him. I lose you. I don't have a relationship with you. And I ask forgiveness because I want a relationship with you, as we explain. How do you recreate that relationship? Relationship is gone. I have to go to the place of Tzur where there was no damage in the relationship. I have to go, and literally it means Tzur like a rock. There's a rock, there's a core where you weren't damaged. When you say by Hashem there was no Chet, there was no Oven, there was no Pesha, it means in the person there's also that space. In the Tzur of the person there was also no blemish because that relationship can't be destroyed. The fire, the way it's in the Flintstone, you could never destroy. Everything you do in life to try to turn yourself into a bad person, let's not use the word, anything you do in life that may be called a mistake, a sin, or transgression, cannot eliminate that level of the relationship. There's nothing you can do to eliminate that core. And you can't be poigim in anything when you're talking about that sort. There's no pgam. Kiyim, the only b'gam could be b'hamshachas hayordis me'ay panaviz baruch hayday m'sikametzim tzumim u'mesachim u'levushim rabbi. Only in the flows that descend from Hashem's light through many restrictions and curtains and veils and garments, many garments, that ur that comes through tzumim and m'sachim and levushim, it becomes defined in a way that my actions or lack of actions can change the dynamics, can alter the dynamics. 
So that's why it says, Ki bayoyim hazeh yechaper aleichem. If you would say, Ki bayoyim hazeh yechaper Hashem aleichem, you're missing it. You're losing it. Ki bayoyim hazeh yechaper. Who? I can't tell you who. That's the point. This is like fascinating. In other words, if I tell you who, you can't be forgiven. <laughs> if I tell you who, there's no forgiveness in yourself also. You have to discover that you, where all forgiveness comes from. And that, I can't, tell, I can't, I can't give you a name. Sorry. <laughs> all I could say is he. And even he, I'm only saying he because I can't say anything else. You're not talking about Hashem from where? That's exactly the point. That's where it comes out. There's no shame yidiyah, there's no nitfus b'shem, not even yutke vofke, which is called shame amafirish and shame ha'etzim and shame ha'meyuchot in the Rishonim, that's what they call it. The Gemara, shame ha'mefirish, shame ha'meyuchot, shame ha'etzim. I can't give it that name. Even that name doesn't work here. Because that's only Shema Etzim Lagabi other names. But it's not uh, Lagabi the Etzim. It's, it's, it's still a name. It's definition of a name. And in the world of names, there's no real forgiveness. The world of forgiveness comes from the space in yourself which is beyond names. Because here you're talking about reigniting the fire. This should be a sarusa la'ela, like he said, chadish yamenu kekedmi. You want a new er, you want a new h. Yeah, you know, you want to, be, you want the baltshuva should be able to go in to get a new fire, which is yutkevavke. But the source of kapara comes from the place that's beyond. I just want to say, in a person's life, in a person's life, all. Everything you know about yourself, I know this is a little bit of a difficult exercise maybe, uh, for me as well. Everything we know about ourselves are basically things we tell ourselves about ourselves. I'm a bad guy. No, I'm a good guy. How many conversations do you have like that a day? This was really bad. No, it was alright. Did they realize? Nah, maybe. Right? People argue with themselves about themselves for hours a day. You don't even realize, yeah? We're negotiating. You finish something, you finish... It was bad. They like... Right? She meant it. She didn't mean it. I'm angry. I'm not. Why am I angry? And we're busy with descriptions. This is all... You think it's you. None do with you. <laughs> this is how you are talking to yourself about yourself the way your thoughts understand yourself. At best, it's a name. The question is, what level of a name? How deep the name is? Completely... Super, superficial or deeper. Well, forgiveness, all healing, all wholesomeness mm-hmm. comes from the Nikuda where there's no name. Sur. You're nameless. What did you want to ask? Much of marriage. No. Well, if there's a get, yeah. yeah. So what's this what's the what's destroying? This bear cries You're right, between a husband and a wife, when we say these mishalim, it's not perfect metaphors, because there could be a divorce between a husband and a wife. You're right. But between a man and God, there can't be a divorce. Can't be a divorce, yeah? Yeah. So why does the 
Why does a person mask himself when he wants to commit a crime? In other words, he disguises his name so that he shouldn't be known. Is that, is that a game? You mean, Yelech Shei Makirim Oisa, Yil Well, that's the opposite idea. That's the opposite. <laughs> if there's no name, isn't it chaos? No, I think I think that's where, the, it's like the eye of the storm. It's the, the center, you know, the center of the whirlwind. Yeah. The eye contains all of our names, but it's beyond it. You hear? The real I contains everything, but it's like a container. It's not it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So now let's see the last line here. Now here comes a Where do you see this? You see it at the end of the pasuk. Who he? The he that has no name. Hashem Titaru. How does everybody touch Lifnei Hashem Titaru? In front of Hashem, you'll become pure. In front of Hashem. Literally, in his presence. He says, no. Literally, before. Not before as in front, before as. Preceding Yudke Vavke, the Hainu Beterem Shenetz Lupchinus Hamshachas Avoyes Lahavas Kolanim Tsoyim. As I Titoru, Kshetailu Vitagil Madrega, he died Lupchinus Suraniskeleo. When you want the full cleansing, you have to go Lifne Havai to the space that is before, that is beyond, that is above Lifne, as in Lufonov. Lifne Yudke Vavke. Before there was the concept of Havaya. Which means, Havaya from the word Havia, existence, creation. Before the divine energy flows to create Havia, to bring into existence, which is Yudke Vavke, Hoya, Hoya, Yia, and from the word Havaya, Lahavois, to bring into being, like Yia, to create. Before that Hamshacha, to create all the Nimtsoyim, if you go into that place, that's when Titaru, when you elevate yourself as the Baal Shuvados to the Bechina of Tzur. The Ein Beharav Maz, the Moshe Zakuta wrote a commentary on Zohar. Soif Parshas Achare, he says, Titaru Begematria Kesser. The word Titaru is 600, the numerical value of 620. Kihine. Tayag Mitzvah, so how does this fit in? Kihine Tayag Mitzvah, Simzayin de Rabbonanim, Amshichim Tofre, Shchaf Amudeyor. 613 biblical mitzvahs, there are seven rabbinic mitzvahs. Together it's 620. It makes up the word Kesser. Tofre, Shchaf is Kesser. It says in Zoyar that there are 620 pillars of light from heaven to earth. Each mitzvah is another pillar. So he says, there's a pillar. This is the pillar that holds down the fire. Pillars of light, of fire. Achim nefesh if he sinned on his soul. So he blemished. There's a deficiency in these 620 pillars. The power of tshuva is to fill up all the blemishes and the deficiencies. You're afraid that you're missing the 620. We say, no, once you go and you take a missing. But since you go to Lifnei Avaya, beyond Yudkei Vavkei, over there is Titaru, over there is the source of all cleansing. So therefore, even if the Eish Oichla was missing, 
because you went to Eish Zara, the Kafakela, the way to fix that Eish Eichla is, the lack of it is, you go to Tzur, Yechaper Aleichem, Lifnei Hashem, and over there Titaru, you recreate the Titaru, 620 pillars of light. So Lifnei in time, before in time, Havaya as a shame emerged. Right. I wouldn't say it in time, but I would say in concept. Lifnei in concept of Yudke Vavke, that's the source of Tara. Yes. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.